Welcome to this podcast from the Bay Church. We hope you're blessed by the message. To find out more, please visit our website at www.the-bay-church.org.uk. Thank you, core team. I don't think any of us here in the church really understand um, how as a core team we've dug down into this because most of you probably think we don't see each other week from week but I can tell you we see a lot of each other and we've really dug down in and spent a lot of time as well um, engaging with some of the trustees because it's really important that they're here where the leadership is leading this church and, and, and trustees are massively right, right with us, supporting us in what we believe is going to happen. And the gist of it is this, as Paul said, it is too big. It's too big for us. But we have a big God. It's not too big for Him. You see, it, it requi- it's going to require some faith. It's going to require you to begin to walk in something that you can't quite see yet. That's always the hardest thing. Out of lots of projects I do, it's the ones you start up are the hardest. Once they're going, it's easy. Because people can see what it looks like. But I'll tell you what I believe God has called us to. He's called us to an apostolic hub. Now, some people are thinking that's a building. And I think it looks like a building as well. But that's not the spirit of the apostolic hub. The spirit of the apostolic hub is to change a region. And if we get a building that can facilitate that, then fine. But the building isn't about us building big church. Not that there's anything wrong with big church. I love big church. But that's not the reason for the building. At the heart or the core of an apostolic hub will be a central place of worship. And that central place of worship will affect everything that takes place around it. There will be businesses who are not churched yet who will want offices in our apostolic hub because other businesses have come there and they've been blessed with prosperity because they've come into an atmosphere of God's presence. See, an apostolic hub is a place where we facilitate the values and the kingdom of God and the values of that kingdom. It might even be a place that we're not the only worshipping community. (laughs) And it might be a place that costs us dearly to see a region changed. But I know one thing, that before we ever get anywhere near that, as I preached a few weeks now, that unless we move into a place of being of one heart and one mind, we'll not see any of it. We have to model something in this church that the region needs modeled. I spend a lot of time going around churches. I spend a lot of time with other pastors and other church leaders who are fearful of losing their congregation if they become of one heart and one mind. I'm not judging them. 
I'm just saying there's a culture out there that says it's about me and my church. And I believe that the heavenly culture is this. It's about him and his church. Which is bigger than every church. But we're all apart. <laughs> you, see, you see, if we're an arm and we need a hand, and that hand's the church down the street, then we need to learn what it is to connect with that hand. We need to learn what it is to remain who we are in our identity, but connect with others and who they are in their identity. Because all of us have an identity in Christ. But each of us might have a different function within the body. So lots of this gets preached from a, a, a church, an individual church. We've heard it preached so many times that, you know, we, you're an arm, you're an eye, you're a leg, and we need each other. And that is true as a church. But as churches, we also need that. As churches, we also need that. And, and it's when we begin to understand what it is to be a one heart, one mind, one voice. That our voice gets louder. Not our voice. The voice of his church gets louder. I've been around a long time. I've been in, the, in, in, in church leadership for a very long time. I've done most of the plans there is to do out there. <laughs> twice it's going to take a move of God and that move of God will only come when Jesus prayer gets answered and he says that there'll be one like we're one so that the world might see the father you see Jesus didn't really pray publicly he was private prayer but this prayer he prayed publicly and I believe he's waiting for it to be answered and I believe more and more churches across this nation and across the world are beginning to get hold of this. And, and denominational badges are beginning to fall. Their identity stays, but the denominational badge that separates us from them is beginning to fall. And we're beginning to connect. <laughs> and we're beginning to love on one another. We're beginning to understand what it is to be of one heart, one mind, and one voice. When I began to get the revelation of this, it's just incredible how much of Scripture is steeped in one heart, one mind, one voice. Incredible. The Scripture you've got up there. Can you imagine how loud of a voice we had if we had one voice? <laughs> Can you imagine how loud that would be? Do you think the government would be getting away with what it gets away with? It wouldn't. But we ain't got as loud a voice we have because we're not one. But when we become one, when can you imagine a, a Christian who's raised up, who speaks directly into the government? Whoa. You see, I believe that the hub will be a place where there will be a number, and I'm going to call them mountains, there will be a number of mountains that we need to establish to change a region. To affect and change, I've learned this over the years, to affect and change a region, you need to be in a place of influence. Christians have backed away from this. It's all about God. 
Well, it is, but God through you. And he wants to put you in a place of influence. He wants to put you in a place where that thing will change because of your voice that comes directly from heaven. Some of these places are things like education. And you know, we've sometimes built church up to be, it's all about the staff. And it's, do you know, of any most, most churches, the maximum you'll probably have is about 5% of people on staff. 95% of people sitting in churches will not be on church staff and will not be called directly to church ministry. Their call is to the marketplace. Their call is to be where they are. And we need more people in education. I believe another mountain we need to take is the religious mountain. Oh, you know, we're as guilty as anybody else of falling into patterns of religion. Jesus spoke the most. I believe another mountain which we're seeing falling around our ears today is the family mountain. Families are devastated these days. It's now more normal for a family not to be together than it is to be together. I'm looking at a project at the moment to bring mums and dads together in one place so they can meet their kids together. How sad is that? I'm looking to create a space to do that at the moment. I've been talking with the local government here and they're asking me if I can create a space where a mum and a dad can come together to see their child. How sad is that? The family is a huge mountain that this region needs to take. I'm going to say business because people think that business is over there and the church is over here. Oh, we've got it so wrong. If we want to change a region... It has to be done through business. We have to partner with business and see business changed. Governments and politics, I'm not a politician, but I move quite regularly in those circles. And I can tell you, there's more gets done behind a closed door with a conversation than gets done in other ways, I can tell you. We need to be in those places of influence. I believe one of the other big areas as well, and we're beginning to see some move of that in this church, it's really exciting me, is the arts and entertainment. Yeah. Yeah. And I also believe that the media is another mountain that we need to take. We've got TBN. I haven't put that in because TBN are here today. <laughs> but listen, let me tell you, if you want to reach the masses, well, have a look how many people are here today. You want to reach the masses, media is the way. Do you know how many people you can reach through Facebook? Instagram. Oh, I don't like that. It's a lot of gossip on that. Well, get on it and change it. Get on it and change it. Begin to bring, begin to bring blessing to it. You see, by stepping away from it, it doesn't change it. Oh, but you don't know the problems of that. Well, change it. And I believe God has called us as a church to be pioneering in what we're about to set up, which is an apostolic hope. But if you look at our history, we're already doing it. <laughs> you see, we're not a church who says, come to us, we want everything you've got. We are a church that says, come to us and we'll pray for you and we'll empower you to be who you are. And we'll send you out. 
You see, we want you to connect with family, but we don't want to own you. We don't want to own your ministry. You history. Every single one of you have your own ministry. And the job of a true leader is to empower you to fulfill your ministry, wherever God's called that to be. Or if you want to use the biblical term, it's to equip the saints for works of service. An apostolic hub for us is <laughs> going to be hugely challenging. But I believe we've already begun to model it. And I believe we're already beginning to see the fruit of it. But I don't believe... I better be careful what I say. <laughs> we haven't got all the answers in this room. But we are able to partner with people who do have the answers. And influence and change. If you think you're going to change this area and this region by yourself, you've got it wrong. The louder the voice we get, the more we connect, the louder the voice we get. 2 Corinthians says this, 13 and 11, Finally, brothers and sisters, rejoice. That's good. Then it says, strive for restoration. Strive for restoration. Encourage one another. Be of one mind. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. Philippians 2, 1-4 says this, Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from His love, if any common sharing in His Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete, joy complete, by being like-minded. Being of the same, one love, one spirit, one mind. Please do tell me it's impossible. Because then we'll need God to make it possible. 1 Corinthians 10, 17. Because there is one loaf. Hello? Because there is one loaf. We who are many are one body. For we all share the one loaf. <laughs> you see... When your attitude's wrong to the church down the road, they're sharing the same loaf. Yeah. It's not a different Christianity. Mm-hmm. It's not a different Jesus that they're sharing. They just share them in a different way. Their style or their preferred way of worship might be different, but it's the same loaf. It's the same Jesus. And when we speak negatively or our attitude is wrong to their style of worship, we cause division in the church. And God's saying, I need you to be of one heart and one mind. But your words cause division in the spirit. When we stand here and we break bread and we hold the body of Jesus in our hand, and we take it, we participate of it. And hold an attitude towards our brother or our sister. Wow. I'm not going to get into that, but there's plenty in the Bible around that. 
Ezekiel 34 says we're one flock. And John 10 says he's the good shepherd. One flock. (laughs) And Jesus said, I've got other sheep that's not of this pen that I must also bring. They too will listen to my voice and there will be one flock to one shepherd. Wow. Is some of this beginning to settle with you guys? Because unless we get this, unless we get this, to create an apostolic hub is going to cost us to give away because we see Jesus around us in the other things that's going on. Ephesians 2 and 4 says this, 14 says this, For he himself is our peace. He who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. You see, he's done it. He's destroyed it. Oh, it's talking about Jews and Gentiles, Alan. I know it's talking about Jews and Gentiles. I'm talking about the spirit of division. Jesus has broken it. He's destroyed it. The dividing wall of hostility has been destroyed in the one loaf. In the one body. God's desperately calling His people to become one. To become one. By setting aside in His flesh the law with His commandments and its regulations, He purposed His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two. Thus making peace. And in one body, the two were reconciled both to God through the cross. By which he put to death their hostility. You are a lovely, lovely bunch of people. I love being part of this family. We need to begin to think wider for this region. We need to begin to model something where we're not talking about Baptists or Anglicans. And we're not talking about Methodists. We're not talking about Catholics. We're talking about one loaf. I'm coming alongside you as, as, as we share in the body of Christ. It's the same body. The same body that divided, that that broke the wall of hostility, that smashed it. It smashed the wall that divided us. And this is going to be at the heart of the hub. It's going to be the heart of our fellowship. has to be at the heart of our hub. Well, they can't come. They worship different. We'll never get a hub with that attitude. We've got to welcome and celebrate the difference. Welcome and celebrate the difference. And we play a huge, huge part in that. Huge part. I'm going to finish by, I'm a little bit early, but we're going to do some more worship. I'm going to finish by having another five minutes from somebody else. But they're, they're on audio. And most of us, know this prophetess. Her name is Emma Stark from Glasgow Prophetic Center. And she was at, um, she was in the area a few weeks back at uh, Prudder, uh, just down the road from here. 
And during her time here, she prophesied. Um, I wasn't at the meeting. Uh, the reason I wasn't at the meeting, because Emma Stark is a prophetess, and every time I see her, she gives me more work to do. <laughs> so I just stayed away. I think it was Lynn says to me, are you coming? I says, no. Every time I see her, she prophesies and gives me more work. I'm not coming. <laughs> said, if she's that good, she's got me number, she'll ring me. And uh, so I stayed away. She is, she's powerful in the gift and that God's placed on her life. And I do recognize that when a prophet prophesies, um, there is a weight to it. Do you know, what? a lot of the stuff I do around as one, some of you might not even know about as one, but I run uh, a network of leaders across the region called as one Northeast. And we've probably got, I don't know, maybe 500 people on our database at the moment. I'd say out of those 500, maybe 50 of them, maybe 50 of them have fully captured the revelation of what we're going for to be as one. It's not a unity movement. It's an as one movement. And, and you get, as I did, we've worked together three, three years now, senior leaders from across this region to sit in, a, in the same room together and to look each other in the eye and go, what does it mean for me to be as one with you and to prefer you above myself? And we've begun this journey and we've had some amazing days and we've had some amazing times together, but I can tell you it's not going to come overnight. That defensive mentality of, of leaders across the region is not going to be broken overnight. It's going to be broken when we look each other in the eye and we prefer one another in love out of reverence for Christ. When actually I begin to believe that your church could be more blessed than my church. What? Yeah. And, and, and it's there. It's there for us, church. And I know God has given me this blueprint. I know I'm working towards that. But actually, I don't think it's a new blueprint. I think it's how he intended it to be. I think when Pentecost hit, and as I said, the difference after that was this, they were of one heart, one mind. Before that, they were arguing with Jesus about who's the best. Even with Jesus in the middle. They were like, I'm going to get me mum. Me mum will sort him out. She'll tell him, I'm sitting right next to him. Even with Jesus walking with them, they had that attitude. Yet when Holy Spirit came, when Pentecost came, and yeah, there was all the flames and the fire, but what happened was this. They were of one heart and one mind. And I believe we're moving back to that place. If we can hold that attitude, if we can walk in that attitude, we'll see a region transformed. But it'll not be our name that's on the billboard. <laughs> it'll not be the beer church does this. It'll be the church does this. The church did this. And we're a part of that. We've got a chance to model something completely different, I believe, church. I've lived this for 10 years. And I believe it's, it's heating up in the spirit. Let's listen to Emma, and then we'll, we'll, we'll finish. If we can have that on. Nice and loud, because I think it's quite low. What Emma said there was, there's coming a place where the glory of God will be so manifest. But she said it wasn't coming through glory junkies. <laughs> it was coming through people who knew what it was to dig down. 
who'd gone through the trial, who's gone through the hard stuff, and still standing, and still preaching, and still believing. It's gone through people who've prayed for healing and not seen it. It's gone through people who know what it is to experience loss. And you're sitting in this pew today. And God wants to build something of a greater glory upon that level of people. You see, the glory junkies will come and go. I've been leadership for a lot of years. I've seen a lot of stuff, a lot of really wacky stuff, a lot of really good stuff. Some of it I even initiated. <laughs> we've seen it. The amazing healings. We've seen the gold. We've seen all the stuff. But let me tell you this. When the trial comes, when the trial comes, that's what God's saying. I can build on that when you've come through the trial. I can build on that. When it feels like the glory's gone, God says I can build on that. <laughs> well, there will be a glory center in this region built upon people who've gone through the trial and know what it is to have done sacrifice. Who's tried to crawl off the altar a few times. But God's got you back on. Present your bodies as living sacrifices. Holy and pleasing to God. I can tell you I've wanted to crawl off a few times. But God's doing something in those moments that are significant. Don't write them off. And don't try and get away from them. Embrace what God is doing at that time. Because he's building something to build glory on. Glory that will last and sustain you. Forever and ever.